Each of Winnie's friends is very appreciative of your attendance here today. To express your sympathy and to assure them of your thoughts and your prayers at this time. Our Lord said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. We are met together in God's presence to acknowledge his sovereignty in death as in life, and to seek his word for the assurance and the comfort of our hearts. We're turning to the order of service, to the opening hymn, Jesus keep me near the cross, there a precious fountain, free to all a healing stream, flows from Calvary's mountain. I know you'll sound it out. And it's wonderful to see so many people here, a real testimony to the esteem in which Winnie was held. Thank you for coming. Let's sing.
may be seated. Let's bow together in prayer, commit our way on to the Lord today. Our Heavenly Father and gracious Lord, we thank Thee that we're found together in this fashion, where we can remember one of Thy great saints, one whose soul today is found, great rest beyond the river. We thank Thee for the way in which she herself would have sung this hymn, and many of the praises to Thy great name that she lifted up over the course of many years. We thank the Lord for her faithfulness. And if one word should be used to describe her, then it has to be that. Even in days of declining health, still knocking the doors in that locality around the church she attended, with a real burden and passion in her heart. To see others brought to know the Christ that she loved and so wonderfully served. We thank the Lord that the fire never burned out. That the passion remained. That the graces that were implanted and nurtured in her life by thy power were there for all to see. And so we thank thee for a lovely lady who had a sterling testimony, who was so highly regarded, and we see the evidence of that in this meeting today. Those who have assembled with one purpose, that is to pay tribute to the testimony of Winnie Laverty. We thank thee for every life she touched. We praise thee for every person upon whom her gracious hand rested. We thank you for all for whom she interceded, supplicated, and prayed. Lord, we know those prayers have not and will not be in vain. Lord, we thank thee for one that is a ransomed soul, that knew the power of redeeming love, that had a great testimony to what God had done in her life, who loved thee, walk closely with thee. But Lord, we know there are many today and they're assembled here and some who cannot be here would love to be. Their hearts are heavy. They feel a weight of loss. There's a burden upon them because one of their closest friends has been called home just a little time before the rest of us who know Christ will be called home. But she's there in heaven. And the friends are here wearing the mantle of grief here on earth. Is there anyone can help us? One who understands our hearts when the thorns of life have pierced them till they bleed. One who sympathizes with us, who in wondrous love imparts just the very, very blessing that we need. We thank thee that with that profound question comes a wonderful answer. Yes, there's one. Only one. 
the blessed, blessed Jesus, he's the one. When afflictions press the soul and those waves of trouble roll, you need a friend to help you. He's the one. He's the one who stood and wept by the graveside of his own friend, Lazarus. We think of the hymn writer who was bringing himself into that scene and visualizing and asking another question. Who was he who stands and weeps at that grave where Lazarus sleeps? Tis the Lord a wondrous story. Tis the Lord the King of glory. At his feet we humbly fall. Crown him, crown him, Lord of all. And we pray that right from the outset of this service of thanksgiving today, thy presence will be known. That the King of glory will be here. That I will be showing thy sympathetic spirit. That I will be showing the depth and the grandeur of thy love. Thy grace may it be sufficient for all today. Lord, come alongside our gathering in the way that thou didst to those two sorrowing disciples on the road to Emmaus. The bottom had fallen out of their world. Their hearts were punctured by grief. They didn't know what to do. But we read Jesus himself drew near and went with them. They later were able to reflect, did not our hearts burn within us? While he walked with us by the way, and while he opened to us the scriptures. And we pray for all who participate in this service today. And the one that opens up the scriptures, may he know especially the anointing of heaven upon him. And we pray that each of us may know the power of the Holy Ghost resting in this meeting. Bring those who know not the Savior unto Christ. Those that are heavy-hearted, may they come to thee today and find rest and a helper in the carrying of every burden. We ask these things in Jesus' name and to God's eternal glory. Amen. We want to thank Dr. Brown and the session here in March Memorial for giving the Tyndall congregation the privilege of being able to get so many people in when he wanted everyone to be able to come and gather under the sound of God's word and that we thank our brother and the, the congregation for their kindness. There's a large program here. Uh, but we therefore want our brethren just to come forward as they're on this, uh, the order of service. And we're going to ask our brother, the Reverend Alan Smiley, to read to us God's precious, God's holy word. We're returning to Revelation chapter 7, beginning to read at verse 9. Just as you're turning to it, could I just say on behalf of Vivian and myself how much we loved uh, Winnie and pay tribute to her life even today. She was my wife, Sunday school teacher, way back in those early days in Dunmurray. And then I think she was, well, youth leader as well. Uh, uh, so the influence is great upon my wife's life and, of course, upon my own life as well. And how the circle turns 
Dunmurray, and then she moved to Tyndale, of course, later years. Work started there, and then uh, as the circle comes round, uh, I retire from ministry, and now I'm a member, along with my wife of Tyndale. So uh, it's wonderful how the circle turns, but we thank God for Winnie's life. Let's turn to God's Word. Revelation 7, verse 9, After this I beheld no great multitude, which no man could number of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne, and about the elders and the four beasts, and fell before the throne and their faces and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom, and thanksgiving and honour and power and might, be unto our God for ever and ever. Amen. One of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are red and white robes, and whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation, and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore are they before the throne of God, and serve him day and night in his temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them, shall lead them unto living fountains of waters, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Amen. We know that the Lord will bless the reading of his word to all our hearts. I'd like to read to you a verse of scripture this morning from Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 4. Hebrews 11 and 4. It's a great privilege to say a little word in tribute at this funeral service of our dear friend Winnie. And I was thinking how to introduce what I have to say. I just want to say a little bit about her, her missionary vision. And certainly she was a lady with great missionary vision. And it says in Hebrews 11 and verse 4, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. That latter phrase in our own authorised version, the marginal reading goes like this, and by, by it, he is yet spoken of. And here we are today <clears throat> at the funeral of her sister and her life and testimony is yet spoken of and will be spoken of for many years to come. Winnie's life and her missionary zeal, it speaks to all of our hearts and to all of her lives today. As a young Christian, her whole Christian environment was saturated with that worldwide evangelistic fervor that gripped the church of that day. And at home and abroad, Winnie had a love for the souls of men and women and a burden uh, to see them brought to Christ. I think everything always starts local. Is not where it started in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. There were to be witnesses in Jerusalem and when he certainly started in her Jerusalem at home in 75 Kitchener Street, 
And when I first uh, met Winnie many years ago, she had meetings in her home and the chairs were there under the stairs and they were brought out and the whole house was rearranged and her and her mum sought to reach out to the neighbours that she had in Kitchener Street in the village and many of them were brought in under the sound of God's holy word. In her own local churches in Dunmurray and then in her latter years in her beloved Tyndale in the village, Winnie was always reaching out, always wanting to serve, always wanting to speak a word in season for the Saviour. She served a great missionary apprenticeship in the Bethel Christian Bookshop under the watchful eye of the late Emma and Janet Munn. And those of you who are old enough to remember uh, the Munn sisters and the Munn family will know exactly that such an apprenticeship was going to have a lasting impression upon her life. And it was through the Bethel bookshop that Winnie met so many different missionaries from outside of her own denominational circles. And when I first met her, I was really amazed at the missionaries that Winnie knew, not just knew, but Winnie prayed for and Winnie supported. She wanted to serve locally, and that's a lesson that we all need to learn today from her life. But she had a global vision, and from her home in 75 Kitchener Street, it's just amazing the reach that Winnie had. And through her own Free Presbyterian Missionary Council, She found an avenue of service in supporting missionaries that serve the Lord right across the world. When Mrs. Joan Cairns stepped down from being secretary, when when she and her husband, the late Dr. Cairns, moved to Greenville uh, in 1979, Winnie took over her role as secretary of the Missionary Council. And that was amazing. Before WhatsApp, before email, before text messages, when everything had to be handwritten and letters posted every month and correspondences sent out. Winnie rose to the challenge and she held that position down uh, until 1989. And not one from ever stepping back from anything. She attended as a local representative from Tyndale, the Missionary Council, uh, for another 20 years uh, to 2019. Her commitment was absolute. When he came out to Kenya to visit us twice, first time she came out was on her 60th birthday. It was quite a visit for somebody on their 60th birthday. Her visit, of course, was a great encouragement to the family that had grown up with her and viewed her uh, as their adopted granny. But she was not only just a blessing to the family, but she was a blessing to the church family. And of course, you who know Winnie would know we had many funny moments with her uh, during the time she was with us. But there were sweet times of fellowship. I was amazed uh, at her interaction with people that she couldn't speak to because of the language barrier but when he found a way of getting round language barriers with a big hug and her arm round them she won them over and them to her 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 last my last memory of Winnie in Kenya was she missed her flight her flight was delayed I think that was it and of course she's at Nairobi airport those of you who have been there will know it's pretty sparse it was very sparse back then so Winnie was gasping for a cup of tea 
And what do you do late in the hours of night when you're looking for a cup of tea? So we had entrusted her into the safekeeping of a taxi driver that we knew. So he said, I know where you'll get a cup of tea. And he took her to some random place in Nairobi. And him and her were drinking tea at one and two in the morning. And she, she was so just relaxed with it, at ease with it. That's the type of person she really was. God used her. God used her at home and abroad. And today we know her soul is addressed in heaven. But that gospel seed that she sowed is still growing. And it's still producing fruit unto life eternal. In Revelation 14, 13, it says, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labours and their works do follow them. Winnie's works are still following her to the glory of Christ. Thank you, Reverend Harris, very much for that lovely tribute about Winnie and her zeal for the missionary work of our denomination. Now, what do you say about our sister Winnie? And try to sum up so many years in a short time. But there's a verse in the book of Psalms and has already been alluded to about Winnie and her ministry in song. And the psalmist says in Psalm 40 and verse 3, He hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. And that's one thing we remember about Winnie. Uh, for many, many years, singing around our churches, singing in mission halls, singing in the open air, always willing to lift up our voice and praise unto our God. And as Ian said way back many years ago, when a 75 Kitchener Street, of course that's the part of the most sacred spot on earth, the Donegal Road, and uh, I remember Winnie when she worked in Green's shop. And uh, then when I started to study for the ministry at the Free Presbyterian Church, oftentimes I would drop into the shop and get some motherly or grandmotherly advice from Winnie. And uh, Winnie was always a great encouragement to keep on keeping on and to keep going for God and serving him. And way back in those days, uh, Winnie would have sung for me at gospel missions. And uh, Winnie and her sister, Mrs. Lackey, Margaret MacGyver, she was in those days, and her sister, Betty McClatchy, and they helped us a great deal and would have not only gone and sung at the meetings, but would have distributed the leaflets and the gospel tracts and the door-to-door work. And the Lord blessed them because many a time they had to put the petrol in my car <laughs> as a poor student to get me to the mission and back again. But you appreciate folk for their goodness and their kindness and their grace toward us. When I loved to sing, and in fact, 53 years ago almost, she sang at our wedding here in the Martyrs Memorial. Reverend McRae was to come too, but he was in jail. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so, at least you're excused. You have a good excuse if you're in Her Majesty's Hotel, <laughs> why you can't be there. But Winnie brought lovely messages and song, 
uh, we have precious memories of when I sing in, and even, uh, even latterly in the nursing home, and even in the royal, when we were playing to her gospel hymns, uh, when he was trying to sing, and she mouthed every word of the gospel hymns. Maybe all the things she couldn't remember or couldn't recall, but in the gospel hymns, she had every word of the truth of the gospel. I was just thinking of that lovely picture of Winnie there on the order of service and in front of us here. You know, she had a very infectious smile. The scripture says in the book of Proverbs that if a man would have friends, he must show himself friendly. Same goes, if a woman would have friends, she must show herself friendly and how friendly a person when he was. And as my brother Ian has already said, it didn't matter who you were, where you came from, or what age you were, whether you're young or middle-aged or old or a teenager or a recycled teenager, Winnie Laverty could have spoken to anyone and within a lot of moments became their friend and she showed herself friendly. And that's evident by this great crowd of people in the congregation today from everywhere to pay tribute to our dear sister Winnie. And we think about her service for God. Sir Reverend Harris has mentioned great zeal for the missionary cause of our church, but also uh, at home here, I remember those meetings in uh, 75 Kitchener Street. I remember one in particular, it was the middle of winter, and they were having a meeting, and the place was packed, and they stood me in front of the fire, and I was playing the accordion. I think I lost about a stone and a half <laughs> and sweat. Uh, there, the big fire behind you, and trying to sing and, and preach and lead the meeting. Well, that was when I and her mom and their zeal to get their neighbors under the sound of the gospel of Christ. And whether it was with the young people, she was the leader of the young people in our Dunmurray Free Presbyterian Church. And she always had a, a full program and taking them here, there, and yonder uh, week by week in the Youth Fellowship in Dunmurray. And then latterly in Tyndale, uh, when I was always involved in any door-to-door outreach or uh, many a time, the folks in Dunmurray in the early days would have stayed all day on Sunday in Dunmurray and went out in the afternoon seeking to bring people to the services and, uh, in Dunmurray, in Tyndale, uh, whether it was an open-air meeting or whether there was the door-to-door visitation or just in her attendance to the house of God, for she loved the house of God and she loved to hear the word of God being preached and she loved the Holy Scriptures and if you're talking to her, the, the, the talk always came round to verses in the Bible or a sermon that she had heard or a testimony that she had heard. She loved the Lord and loved that. And she loved to bring others to Christ. As Ian has said, there in the Bethel, uh, she, she moved from the, 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 the shop there in Broadway on the Donegal Road, moved to the Bethel down in York Street and then later Donegal Place and then in Castlereagh Road, but she's seen herself not just as someone working in a bookshop, but as a missionary to speak to those who come in, to challenge them about the things of God, to talk to them if they were saved, to encourage them and to strengthen them day by day. So we're really thankful today for the life and the testimony of our sister Winnie. I remember the late Reverend John Wiley. He used to talk about someone 
who got saved, man or woman, young person, and they went on with God. And Reverend Wiley used to say, I remember saying to me one day, Fred, that young man put his hand to the plough and he never looked back. And we could say that about Winnie. Winnie was saved by the grace of God. She put her hand to the plough and she never looked back. And she went on with God right until that day, just a week or so ago, when the Lord took her home to be with himself. The book of Proverbs says in Proverbs 31 and 30, A woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. And we're thankful for the life and the testimony and the memory of our dear sister Winnie. Another great friend of Winnie's was Victor and Audrey Maxwell. Victor and Audrey are on their way to America today, and therefore they cannot be here. But he wanted to leave this tribute. Wilhelmina, better known as Winnie Laverty, was, one, was the only daughter of John and Francis Laverty, born on the 5th of February 1938. Winnie was reared with her parents at her grandmother's home in 35 Kilbeg Street on Donegal Road, Belfast. She attended Mabel Street Primary School before going on to Linfield Intermediate School, which she was glad to leave when she turned 14 years of age. Winnie's first job was at Hazlitz, the wholesale grocer's supplier on Corporation Street, Belfast. It was there she met some lifelong friends, one of whom was Margaret McIver, now Margaret Leckie, who is with us today. Although Winnie grew up in Richview uh, Presbyterian Church, she attended Sunday school at the Donegal Road City Mission, where John Gervin was the missioner. She also joined the Richview Girls Brigade, where she was influenced by some very good Christian girls. At a very young age, she trusted Jesus Christ as her Savior. Her decision to trust Christ on that day makes a big difference on this day. On the Donegal Road, Winnie had many Christian friends. Principal amongst these were Freddie Halliday and his wife Janet, beside others. Up until recently, Winnie visited Fred and Janet every Wednesday. On the Donegal Road, several friends had been converted under Dr. Paisley's ministry. They started to attend the new Free Presbyterian Church in Dunmurray. Very soon, Winnie joined them and enjoyed the fellowship there. It was also there that Winnie began to sing solos in the church and at the open-air services. Very soon, she was in demand to use her singing talents in many churches and meeting places. Not only did Winnie enjoy the services at Dunmurray, but brought her friends to hear the gospel. It was there her friend, her work friend from Hazlitz, Margaret, and another friend from work trusted the Lord. The Dunmurray Church had a tightly knit group of young Christian girls who remained faithful friends for life. When Winnie left Hazlitz, she went to work in Mrs. Green's grocer's shop on the Donegal or Broadway Donegal Road. It was there she developed a great rapport with the public, always had a cheery word for them and witnessed for her Savior. Deep in her heart, Winnie longed to be in Christian service. Many of her friends in Dunmurray went to be missionaries in various parts of the world. As when he prayed, God indicated to her that her Christian service 
was not across the world, but was in Northern Ireland. From Mrs. Green's shop, Winnie secured a job with a co-op on the Donegal Road. And while working there at the co-op, she learned of an opening at the Bethel Bookshop in York Street, which was operated by the missionary Emma Munn. Ian McDowell was the manager of the shop, and Winnie and Ian were a great team. And I know that Ian and Lynn would have loved to have been with us today, but they cannot. But they send their love and sympathy. Besides selling books, Winnie was a counsellor to many who went to the shop seeking help. Eventually, the bookshop was moved to the Donegal Square East. Winnie had only left the shop an hour before an IRA bomb exploded at the entry at the side of the shop. When it exploded, the Bethel was completely destroyed. The shop moved to East Belfast, and Winnie was the manager there until the Bethel finally closed at Winnie's retirement. During those years working with the Bethel, Winnie was involved in many Christian enterprises, singing the gospel, organizing evenings of praise, and was the representative for Dunmurray Free Presbyterian Church at the Missionary Council. She was a great help to the succession of ministers at Dunmurray, and when Tyndale Free Presbyterian Church opened on the Donegal Road in Belfast beside her home, Winnie transferred her membership to the fledging church. Winnie gave all her, her zeal to help the various ministers at Tyndale, and she will be greatly missed there. Winnie also opened her home to accommodate students and was a mother to them all. I know those students had many precious and happy memories of their friend Winnie. In her home, Winnie held a Monday evening gospel service and evangelical speakers were invited to speak and give their testimonies. It was a great witness to Winnie's neighbors and friends. Winnie traveled far and wide. She was the highlight of the party when she visited Israel. She and her friend, Betty Matachi, also visited Audrey and I when we lived in the United States. Winnie's mom and dad died when she was relatively young. Her only surviving uncle, Uncle Jack and Aunt Ruby, became her close friends. But they too have gone. I know that throughout her years, Winnie developed a very close bond <clears throat> with the McRae family and holidays, going there for over 40 years. And on Christmas morning, always was there to open the presents she became an extended part of their family, and the children looked upon her as their granny Winnie. I also know what a precious friend she was to the Leckie family, going to them for Sunday dinners for years and traveling with them to meetings across Northern Ireland. The Harris family going the whole way to Kenya to visit them there, and then staying with them in their home at Anna Long for the week after her visit to Macrofelt after the Christmas holiday. The Maxwell family, right from childhood through the early days in the Murray Free Presbyterian Church, and since then, maintaining that friendship throughout her life. Fred and Jean Greenfield, Alan and Vivian, and many, many more. Winnie Lavery was commonly known as Wee Winnie. She might have been small in stature, but she was a giant in her godly influence for she lived her life to the glory of God. She used to say, I'm Winnie, no family. But she had a circle of Christian friends, second to none. 
Audrey and I would love to be with you all today, but we're on our way to the United States. Our thoughts and prayers will be with you as you worship the Lord together, thanking God for a life well lived for him. That's a tribute from our brother, uh, Pastor Victor Maxwell. And I know also our brother, Reverend Calvin Strip would have loved to have been here, but has not been able to make it here today, but he sends his sympathy to all those that are gathered here. We're going to sing together the second hymn. When my life's work is ended and I cross the swelling tide, I shall know him as redeemed by his side. I shall stand.
before I read the scriptures, I just want to say about Winnie. Winnie was loved by our family, by the Lackey family, by the Horace family, and by many others. But also, she loved us as well. She loved us with an everlasting love, that she loved us because she knew, knew us as family. Though she didn't have family herself, she knew us individually, and she knew us because we were her family circle. What a blessing it is. I know Ian, Ian Horace said about her fund, and I'm not going to go into all that. I have loads of stories of the fun things she did, especially looking for cups of tea, amazing stories. I'll tell you later regarding those. But one just thing I just want to say about her. Christmas morning, we had our presents to open up, but when he made sure tea and a whole loaf of of toast was made, the bread was opened, so we had to make sure a whole loaf was there. Everybody could get, get, get food, but also she would have two, three, four cups of tea. And I've inherited the black tea from her, uh, getting that as, as well. But one thing I want to say, Andrew, uh, Andrew Dunn had open air in, in Tyndale, and he announced uh, that all the young people are here. And we're glad that every, every young, us young people are here this, this afternoon to bring an open air to you. And when he says this afterwards, did Andrew Dunn need glasses? Or does he not know what age I am? I'm 80 years of age and still standing in this open air. Uh, but it was one thing I want to say as well. The seed that Ian talked about. That seed is evident here. The seed of God's grace. And I was the last person to be able to talk to Winnie on earth. And I look forward to the day when we see her in eternity once again. I'm going to read for you a few verses of Scripture. From the book of John, chapter 14, and I think anything can be said of Winnie is that she loved the Lord with all of her heart. John 14, verse 1, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Verse 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Amen. Around me many They're building All their homes Of beauty and wealth But what of a home Friend in heaven Tell me where where will you live after death? Are you ready for that home? 
in heaven will you move there when this whole life is sore and will you move to the beautiful city and live with Christ evermore are you ready for the Savior's coming are your sins all washed in his precious blood and are you sure friend of God's great salvation will you move to that heavenly home thank God I'm ready for my home oh it's heaven and I'll live there when this whole life is over and I'll move to the beautiful city and live with Christ evermore are you ready for that home in heaven will you live there when this whole life is over and will you move to that beautiful city and live with Christ evermore yes will you live with Christ evermore Thank you Mr. McRae like also to express uh, sincere words of thanks to Mr. McRae for all of the effort that he has put in and for all that has been done over these past days in organizing this service and of course to him and to his family for all of their kindness uh, demonstrated towards Winnie over very, very many years. While I have been minister in the Tyndale Church for just two and a half years. I have known Winnie Laverty for over 40 years. My mind goes back uh, to when I came to live in Belfast as a student and to frequent visits to the Bethel Bookshop uh, then in York Street. And of course, Winnie was a constant presence in the shop in those days. I can identify with what Mr. Greenfield said when he talked about the fact that students didn't have any money. And uh, we went along to the Bethel bookshop, and we really didn't treat it as a bookshop. We treated it as more of a library. 
Uh, we couldn't actually borrow the books, but we spent enough time there to read most of what we could get our hands on. So it's all about browsing and not buying. Uh, but she bore with us very, very patiently. Winnie loved the wee church at Tyndale. Her words, the wee church. Uh, when I would go and visit with her, she would ask, how is the wee church doing? Uh, she was loved by the folk there, some of whom have known her for more than 60 years. And as has been said already, she immersed herself in the life and work of the congregation, faithfully contributing to all its endeavors, and always showing an interest in its progress and in its people when I would visit with her. When I thought back to that moment ten days ago when news of her passing reached me, my mind was brought to contemplate those words spoken by a notable but rarely remembered New Testament saint. Simeon, that just and devout man mentioned in Luke chapter 2, uttered this prayer, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation. What wonderful words. Words of testimony. Words of trust. Words of triumph. I'm sure these words have something to say to us as we are gathered here this afternoon. Please notice with me how death is pictured. Death is pictured. Simeon chose to speak of death as a departure. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart. A greater than Simeon spoke in similar terms. The renowned apostle spoke of having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Near the end, he was moved to declare, the time of my departure is at hand. Now, this word depart is not especially descriptive in our own tongue. But the original Greek term is used in a variety of circumstances, and it has shades of meaning that are wonderfully instructive in a situation such as this. Sometimes it means a taking down of the tent, a moving on. In the New Testament, we read of our earthly house of this tabernacle or tent. Peter said, I must put off this my tabernacle. Death is a leaving of the earthly house, the body, with its many limitations and weaknesses and a passing into the realm of eternal perfection. When all the pains and all the privations of fallen physical life will be gone forever. Sometimes the word indicates a setting seal, the vessel moving off to its destination. Death is the lifting of the anchor that binds us to this world. For the Christian, it is a setting seal for the heavenly shore. Sometimes the, work is, the word is employed to speak of the oxen being unyoked at the close of the working day. And of course at death, the 
work of the believer is ended. The day of earthly service is over. Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors. And sometimes the term signifies the solving of a problem. And for the child of God, the many perplexities and mysteries of providence in this oft-confusing world are solved. The Savior said, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. And all that has been said has a very real application to our sister. She has departed this scene of time with all its attendant cares and trials and puzzles. All of that is over for her. Now she knows the blessed reality of that house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. May I ask my dear friend, would it be the same for you? If we were gathered to ponder your passing, would we be assured that you have departed to be with Christ? So we see death is pictured here. But if we consider again the words of Simeon, we find that death is planned. Death is planned. Lord, now... Let us, thou thy servant, depart in peace according to thy word. Of course, Simeon had a special communication from the Lord. Just a little earlier in the chapter from which our text is taken, we read this statement. It was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Simeon knew that the Lord had a plan in relation to his death and that he would depart only in accordance with the word and the will of God. And although we may struggle to come to terms with the fact that our sister has gone from us, hearts will be heavy. But we know that it was the Lord's time to take her home. Scripture reminds us, as for God, His way is perfect. And yes, His way is perfect in all things. Do we not see that? Will we not acknowledge that in respect of our dear friend Winnie Laverty? That she who had lived such a full and fruitful life should be spared the trial of lingering illness and increasing infirmity. Her father planned it so. Isn't that the truth of it? Her father planned it so. But once more, to view the words of Simeon is to find the suggestion, indeed the aspiration for him, that death is peaceful. Death is peaceful. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace. May I emphasize that the Christian need not fear death. No, we do not actively seek it. But we are comforted by the truth that it holds no terrors 
for us. It is robbed of its power. O oh, death, where is thy sting? That sting is gone. Gone for the child of God. This word peace is highly significant. In the New Testament, it means more than a sense of inner contentment. It refers to a harmonious relationship between two parties. You see, death was not going to be a dread for Simeon because he knows that he is going to meet someone with whom he is on good terms. He will meet God, not as enemy or judge, but as friend and Savior. How could he be so confident? Well, I point out two things about Simeon. First of all, he had seen the Savior. He had seen the Savior. Mine eyes have seen thy salvation. The context shows us that this is a reference to his seeing of the infant Christ. The child whom Simeon took up in his arms, acknowledging him with the eye of faith, blessing God for a sight, just a sight of the Messiah. Thank God when he lavered, he saw the Savior. She looked upon him. And she received him by faith. What a blessed day that was in her experience. And as we have been reminded already this afternoon, that day changed everything. Simeon had seen the Savior. And he had served the Savior. How did Simeon represent himself to the Lord? Well, he uses that Simple phrase, thy servant. Lord, now let us thou, thy servant, depart in peace. This just, devout, spirit-filled man served the Lord. That's what he lived for. And that is what our sister Winnie lived for. She was a faithful and zealous servant of the Lord, retaining an interest in the work of God right to the end. And how did her master welcome her into his presence when he claimed her a week past on Friday? Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of thy Lord. What a moment that must have been. Now here is the question. In whose service are you? For whom or what are you living? Can you look with joyful expectancy to that day when you will be ushered into the blessed presence of your heavenly master? Writing to Timothy, his son in the faith, Paul said, I am now ready to be offered. Winnie Laverty was ready. Are you? Are you? May God bless you.
Thank you very much indeed, brother, for bringing that challenge to all of our hearts. Until COVID came, Winnie never was in a hospital bed in her life. She's over 80 years. She never knew what it was to be sick. She, God give her health and God give her strength. Indeed, whenever she was on holiday, you could hardly keep up with her. She was going that quick. But you know, Winnie, right to her very end, she had, just in those last couple of years, her mind started to fail. Stephen read the words, Let not your heart be troubled. A perplexed heart. And you know, Winnie, in ways, was perplexed because she couldn't understand, why is this happening to me? I used to visit the old people, she said. I can't understand why this is happening to me. She didn't understand why she could not be on her own, that she had to go in to the Oak Tree Manor. And in ways, she was perplexed. And you know, time after time, she said, I just want the Lord to call me. I want him to take me home. You know, our hearts are troubled today because our sister's no longer with us. And there are many today, and if I haven't mentioned those that have been close to Winnie over the years, I'm sorry, couldn't mention everybody. But I tried to include all those that I possibly could. But Winnie was a loving friend because she loved the Lord. And that was the secret of her life, friend. That's what made the difference in Winnie's life, and that's what makes the difference in Winnie's death the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus said, in my Father's house, many mansions. A prepared house. She lived in a wee home, Kitchener Street. It wasn't fancy, but it was home. And every one of those young people that went to stay with Winnie, she was so glad to have you. And she welcomed you into her home, her wee mansion, kept so clean, so perfect. But the Lord Jesus prepared for her a mansion. And that's where she is today. And then the Lord Jesus said, I will come again and receive you unto myself, a precious hope. You know, as Brother Fred and Jean, Billy, and his wife, gathered round Winnie's bed in those last few moments. We read the scriptures. That's why we read John 14. That was our last reading to her. Why did we sing the opening hymn, Jesus, Keep Me to the Cross? Because the night before, when he died, I sat beside her and I sang the words of that hymn. And although her mind at times was confused, 
She mouthed every single word of that hymn. Jesus, give me the cross. Every single word. And then I sang the wee verse, No, never alone. No, never alone. He promised never to leave me. Never to leave me alone. And when she came to the chorus again, listen, she got, No! She got one word out. She couldn't have the strength to sing anymore. You know, friends, she wasn't alone. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. As I look into your faces today, we all must needs die. You and I will pass this way just the same as when they. I'm going to ask you a question, or brothers challenge you. Where are you going to? Where are you going? When he's in heaven. But if you die in your sin, you're not going there. Jesus said, if you die in your sin, where I am, you can't come. Friend, instead of heaven, be lost in hell, and not for all eternity. Why did one even hold those wee meetings in her home? She wanted people to be saved. She loved the souls of her friends and neighbors. Friend, she loved you, and she longs that you'd be saved. You say, I want to meet we one again. Then let me tell you, if you're not saved, you won't. You won't. Because when he's in heaven, and if you die without Christ, you go to hell. And there's no coming back. That's the challenge of this hour. I pray in God's name that you'll trust when he's Savior this day. Let's sing the final hymn. There is coming a day. What a day, glorious day. That's going to be. Friend, when he loved this hymn, and she loved the people in many of our musical evenings around the countryside, we would close with this, and she loved whenever everybody just really sung it with all their hearts. And that's what I want you to do today. Really sing it. And if you're saved, my thank God, what a day, what a day. Glorious day. That's going to be. Let's stand to sing.
before we have the, you may be seated just for a moment. In a moment, we're going to call upon our brother, the Reverend Marcus Leckie, another good friend of our sister Winnie over the years, and he's going to close in prayer. Let me just tell you what happens in a moment or two. We're going to leave our sister here in the Lord's house, and we're going to make our way upstairs to the second floor, and there's tea for everyone, and you're invited for tea and refreshments. And then at five to two, we're going to leave, and we're going to Roseland Cemetery for the burial of her sister at 2.30 at Roselawn. So we'd like to thank you in the Saviour's name for your presence. Do come and share when he loved her tea. And I can assure you we couldn't have had this day without giving you your tea or when he'd been very angry with me. So therefore, there's tea, refreshments upstairs. Brother, come, lead us to the throne of grace and prayer and dismiss us at this time. We just thank the Reverend McRae for uh, allowing me to participate in this very special, very special time. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this service. We thank you for great grace here today. We thank you, Lord, for every kind, every joyful, and every true remembrance of Winnie. We thank you, Lord, as has been mentioned uh, a number of times, how Winnie having no family of her own, fitted so well into so many families. We thank you for all the joy that you brought. We thank you, Lord, for the inspiration of our life and service. Uh, and Lord, we pray that you'll give us that spirit. Uh, Lord, help us to be faithful in the way that Winnie was faithful. We thank you for your amazing grace in her life. We thank you for the day that you gave her the song of the soul set free. And we thank you that she sang that song for so many years that she was willing to use her gifts and her talents for thy service. And I pray for great grace to all who know her. Lord, that you will comfort them. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we come before the one who is the God of all comfort and the Father of mercies. And I pray, Lord, that by your Holy Spirit, you'll comfort those, especially when tears flow, when memories flood into the mind, Lord, that they will uh, know your, your, your presence in a wonderful way. And we thank you for the legacy that has been talked about, uh, Lord of, uh, of Winnie. And we pray that it will indeed live on and continue to inspire, uh, continue to inspire us to serve thee. And we pray that you'll bless, uh, even as we go uh, to the time of fellowship and then to the committal. We thank you for the good things that are provided we pray that you'll bless them to her bodily use. So pray you'll bless our fellowship together. We thank you, Lord, how when he loves fellowship and love friendship and love those times with other people. And uh, Lord, it's befitting to her that we spend time together. And we pray that you'll just bless these times, and especially for the word that has been spoken and the gospel challenge that has been presented to us. We pray that you will speak to those, perhaps one or more in the meeting, who, although they knew Winnie, they did not know Winnie's Savior. I pray that today will be the seminal day of their life, the day that they submit to Jesus Christ and receive the gift of eternal life, the glorious gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We thank you for the certainty 
Lord, that we sorrow not as others which have no hope. We thank you for the certainty that we enjoy today, that Winnie is in the glory, that she has seen the Lord who she has served for so many years. And Lord, I pray that that, uh, that thought will be ever in our remembrance and will give us great joy and confidence. So bless us, we pray, uh, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I ask you please just to make your way up into the, because there's just an hour that we have together, and then at five minutes to two, we're going to come down and our sister one will be carried out to the hearse and on her way to Roseland. Thank you for your presence with us. Do please share upstairs with a time of fellowship there.